We could have sung all night. I'm always happy to do that, but then you have to listen to me for a while. So Sunday nights, next Sunday night, we'll have a regular Sunday night. And then after that, I think the, it's Christmas Eve, and I believe there's not going to be a service that night or the one before New Year's. But there is good news coming. At some point in February, early February, we're going to have a Sunday night with Fifth Ward. And they're going to come over to our place, and so it's going to be a great night together and a great night of worship like they always are. And so mark that for February. And you say, well, what, what month? We'll come every Sunday night in February, and then you'll hit the right one, okay? So I think it's actually the first one, but it's coming soon. Back uh, tonight, you might have seen the title of the sermon is It's Not My Job, which makes me think of a few weeks ago, I was on a Sunday night. After service, we were in separate cars. I don't know why. Barbara had gone home. She said, stop and get your own food on the way home. So I did. And I went through the drive-thru at Whataburger out in Katy. And so I get there. There is one car there. This is going to be fast because there's only one car. I get behind it. Another car comes behind me. Ten minutes later, we're still in line in the same place, and there's no one taking orders. I cannot move forward. I cannot move backwards. Matter of fact, at one point, finally at the end, I actually got out of my car. And I said to the person in front of me, Is, have they taken your order? No, I'm still waiting. I'm thinking, I will go somewhere else, but I can't get out, right? I'm stuck. Right then, I see someone coming out from Whataburger, a young, young man working there, and he has trash. And I said, excuse me, but no one's taking orders over here. And he goes, that's not my job. And then he just walked onto the trash and then inside. It was like, wow. And so finally someone came outside and I said, hey, there hasn't been anybody taking orders. And the guy goes, well, I needed a break. I went, okay. So finally I got home and of course, you know, I ate it and forgot all about it until just now. So sometimes there are things that it's wrong to say it's not my job, just somebody needs to get on the job. And usually when you hear sermons, it's about everybody needs to chip in and everybody needs to work together, even if it's not your talent. Sometimes we need somebody to do whatever job it is, even if you don't have that gift or you don't feel like you have that gift. But tonight, we're going in a little different direction. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 4 about Jesus or being the vine. And so Jesus says in this famous passage, and we're looking at it differently tonight. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me, and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine... Neither can you unless you remain in me. Now, some of you who have read this passage before, and if you have a background in teaching or preaching, you may say at the end tonight, you have left a lot on the table. There is a lot that you haven't discussed in this. That's right. I know it. But I know you all want to go home, too. If not, we could just stay here for hours and hours looking at this passage. I want you to see what's interesting here. I am the true vine, my father's the gardener. Every branch in me that does not pr produce uh, fruit, he removes and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. Who removes the dead branches here? Do you see that? Who removes the dead ones? The father removes the dead branches. It 
is interesting when you look at it this way because there are some people sometimes in some places that think that that is their job to do. Now, let me just say this. We are in a great place and we are in a great era and I don't know anybody doing this here, but it is a good reminder that we don't want to be this kind of people and I'm friends with enough people on Facebook to know that they are some of those people. Pruning is not my job. Now, pruning sometimes is a good thing, right? You see, it says in order to produce fruit, sometimes we all have to be pruned. So sometimes there are things in our life that God works on in our life to make us better, to make us stronger, more productive, and so that's going to happen. But then there are also the idea of pruning as well is to cut off the dead branches and to determine which branches are dead, right? And so we have to go through that kind of, or he goes through that process. We don't have to do it. He's the one who decides what's dead and what's alive. That is not my job to do. In fact, I might have shared this with you. I don't know. I know I told someone in conversation, conversation, sermons, it all just kind of runs together to me some, for me sometimes. But back years ago, 10, 15, 20 years ago, I remember an elder in a congregation saying to me, it was a place that I'd visited one time, but not a place that I normally went, but I was having a conversation with this elder. He said, we see ourselves as the elder of our congregation, the elders of our congregation, that we are the watchdogs of the brotherhood. And if there is something wrong somewhere, we are going to point out what's wrong in that place. I mean, it Wherever it was in the world, they're going to point it out. That time they probably had 400 people in attendance. They are down to 20 people. Because you know what happens when you start pointing out things? After a while, you start pointing at each other, right? Well, you're not as good as I am. Oh, yeah, well, you're not as good as I am. And you prune and you prune and you prune until you have nothing left. You realize that's how it kind of works, right? You cut a little bit, and then you cut a little bit, and then you cut a little bit. It's me trying to, to, to trim our trees. That's what would happen if I, if I did it. It were really if Barbara did it, because Barbara loves to trim trees. I'm always saying, we've got to stop. Pruning is not my job. Now, there's another example. And what I think is one of the lost parables. It's right there in your Bibles. It's always been there in your Bibles. Some of you know of it. I referred to it this morning. But it's this one in Matthew chapter 13, 47 through 50, which is often overlooked, at least by me. Jesus speaking. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a large net thrown into the sea. It collected every kind of fish. And when it was full, they dragged it ashore. They sat down and they gathered the good fish into containers. But they threw out the worthless ones. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out, separate the evil people from the righteous, and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Who removes the bad fish? God's angels remove the bad fish. Now, if there is something going on, if there is false teaching going on, for example, in the congregation, that's something to be addressed, right? There are things that you have to deal with. You can't just be willy-nilly about everything. But at the same time, when I am declaring who's in and who's out, that is not my job. That is God's job. God will decide that. 
That is not for me to, to make a judgment on. I give that to God. I may have an opinion. But when if I were to say my opinion, I should give my opinion with so much humility. If you know, from what I understand I, and what I read, it does not appear that this will be someone that's saved unless God decides to do that. And I certainly pray that he does save them because I want grace on me for all the things that I do I know that are wrong and then the things I don't know that I do wrong. But it's God's angels, it's God ultimately, that decides those things. So then there, one reason why I think we forget that parable is there's another parable that's a lot longer earlier up in the, chap in the chapter about uh, the, the, the man who goes out to sow the seed and he throws the seed. Some of it falls in a good place and it really grows and some of it falls on the, on the path and it doesn't grow at all and then some of it gets choked out by weeds and it grows for a while, and then it just dies. And that's a much longer parable, and maybe one that's a little more vivid. And the apostles were, and disciples were so impressed by that parable, Jesus did something he almost never does. They said, explain it to us, and he did. So I want you to see this explanation in Matthew chapter 13, verses 37 through 43. Jesus replied, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man, meaning Jesus. The field is the world, and the good seed, these are the children of the kingdom. We would say Christians, right? The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. Therefore, just as the weeds are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age." The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather for his kingdom all who cause sin and those guilty of lawlessness. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their Father's kingdom. But anyone who has ears, listen. Wow, it's almost the same thing, just a different illustration and explained by Jesus himself so that there's no way to miss it. The angels of Jesus pick out the weeds. Once again, it is not my job to decide who is the wheat and who is the weed. God will ultimately decide that. Now, yes, and we're not going into all this tonight, but <clears throat> like we would in a class with discussion, Yes, we have to have discernment and we, and, we, and we have to work on some things and work together on some things and, and, and talk about the validity of Jesus as Son of God and all those things, of course. But ultimately, it is God who decides. It is his angels that do that work, not us. That can be really hard to do if you are used to being in everyone's business. You know what it's like for some folks that wanna, they wanna make sure everyone does it exactly right? No, I'm sorry, you know, like in the cafeteria back when you were a child, there would always be one kid, you didn't take your tray back the right way, you know, you were supposed to scrape it like this. That's their, it's the teacher's job to deal with that, not your job right now, just like it may be in the religious world. But I also wanna come back to this for us. Fruit only grows when the branch 
is connected to the vine. If you are not connected to Jesus, you will not be growing spiritually. There are folks sometimes who even almost say that, you know, I don't have, I'm not, I don't go to church and, you know, I kind of understand Jesus, but, but, oh, my life is so great. Ultimately, ultimately, it will not be great because you are a weed. You are not the, you're not the wheat. You're the weed in that case. You are the bad fish in that case. The only way we can grow fruit and do what we were intended for is if we are connected to Jesus. So some of that obviously comes through worshiping and coming into a worship on a Sunday night or being in a small group or being here on Sunday morning or, or whatever it is. That's part of it. It's reading his word to know what does God ultimately want. It's praying and asking God to help us to discern what we're reading, to know what it means. It's about helping other people. It's this idea of being in community with other Christians with this common unity to follow Jesus. It's all of those things put together plus more that helps us to have the fruit that we need to have so that we can look like Jesus. I need to focus on growing rather than judging. Some of you don't, have never had to deal with this, and this is wonderful. But there are folks out there who, in the name of Jesus, basically act like they are the judges. And they try to determine people they've never met, they try to say things about them. I had a friend years ago that someone had written an article <clears throat> about him in a religious publication about what they claimed he was doing wrong, which he was not doing what they said. And I happened to be an event, at an event where that man was and his father was and the man who wrote the article. And as I'm standing there observing, the father said to the man who wrote the article, Hey, so good to see you today. Have you ever met my son? No, I don't think I've met him. And when he said, that's him, he, they shook hands. He said, don't you ever write about someone you haven't met before. That is not true what you've said about my son. And, oh, I was here to watch the fireworks. That's not wrong, is it? So, yes, there, there weren't any, but it was an awkward, awkward moment. Let God do his job. Let God deal with people who are against him. Let God deal with people who look like wheat but are really a weed. But I need to focus on staying connected to the source so that I'm close to the source where the water is, where the life-giving nutrients are, and that is in Jesus. If I get away from Jesus... I have missed it, and I have lost my own eternal life, and I have become the negative rather than the positive. And another thing I need to do, I don't need to be withholding Jesus from other people. Because what if I judge you're not worthy of the gospel, or you're not right, and now I'm trying to stop you from knowing Jesus? What an awful thing that is, right? And so I ought to be a person finding ways, even when I disagree with someone's teaching, finding a way in love and in truth to teach what is right for people I disagree with. 
even if I disagree, we ought to be able to find a way to sit down and have a civil conversation and go through Scripture together. Almost everyone I have met, I am not going to say everyone I've met, but almost everyone I have met in serious conversation about religious things are sincere in what they believe, even when I disagree with them. That doesn't mean they're right. It doesn't mean that they're, they're going to be in heaven. I'm not trying to say that. I hope they are, but it doesn't mean that. But we ought to have a way that we can talk to each other so that we both can be going toward the vine, so that we both can, can be, go toward bearing fruit. So this is my question tonight. Do I know my job? Do I know my job? My job is to bear fruit. My job is to do good and help other people in the name of Jesus. My job is to love God with all my heart and soul and strength and might. My job is to love my neighbor as myself. My job is to go into all the world and to preach the gospel and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. My job is to build other people up in worship. These things are all from Scripture, I'm telling you. That's my job. My job is to focus on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus, as we sometimes, sometimes sing, sing about in what comes out of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Keep your eyes on Jesus, not on everyone else, to make sure that they are doing the right thing. Keep our eyes focused toward Christ. Tonight, if you need to be baptized into Christ, if you need prayers, we want to help you however we can do that. Come as we stand and sing.